In 2020, all of the festivals were cancelled due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Here we're speaking to Fergus Linehan, director of the Edinburgh International Festival, where things are actually going to kick off on the 8th of August, but in a slightly different way. Here is our interview with Fergus. You know, usually at this time of the year, it's all very exciting and we've got loads and loads and loads of exciting things planned, but it seems that you're still going to capture some of that excitement, Fergus. So tell us a little about what you're going to do. Yeah, well, I think it's, it's obviously a very strange year, as you say. Um, and when this got cancelled, um, our festival, along with the other August festivals, got cancelled in, in early April. We had to talk to everyone and see what, what could we do that was useful um, and the two things that we thought were, well, we really need to create the working environments for as many people as possible who would be working at this time of year because the industry really needs that. Um, and also to send some positive images out into the world um, about Edinburgh because obviously um, the, the, the fact that the, the streets are empty and the venues are dark um, is, is, is quite shocking. So there's a few things we did. The first thing we did was we wanted to get artists back together again because they've been making work in isolation, which is fine. And there's some great stuff coming out with that. But what they really needed to do was come together again. So for the first time since lockdown, we brought musicians, we brought dancers, we brought actors back together and not just back together, back into the venues. So venues like the Festival Theatre and the Kings. So I sort of described it as a little bit like behind closed doors football. We've sort of gone ahead with the festival in the venues with the artists, just don't have the audiences there. Um, I managed to do that though and still, um, you know, keep them safe and protect yeah. them, I suppose. Well, this was where I think it would be, it, we thought we could be useful because what was needed was very, very strict protocols um, and ways of working um, and, um, when you see the films we've made, you'll see in terms of orchestras, just the spacing between them um, and just the ways in which venues were operated and the ways in which people arrived and left. Um, it was very complex, um, but I think what we've done is we have, you know, nudged it forward in the right way. You know, this is going to be a probably a slow and difficult journey back to where we were, but this was really what was what was needed at this moment in time. We're in no fit state to be able to say, let's just bring the audiences back. But um but just just for the for the sake of the the industry. Of course as well, we're talking about the venues. So you know we, we paid rental to the venues, to technicians, to sound companies, to recording companies, to all of these people. We also needed to make sure that there was some engagement because Obviously, we, we can't get close to what these people would normally be doing in August, but August is an incredibly important part economically within the whole festival ecosystem. So what was crucial, and this obviously isn't as interesting for the public at the other end, but for our industry, it was really critical that we could create some, some paid work for a whole range of people at this time. Yeah, you said that you've managed to uh, employ uh, in some form or another about 500 people and that's really quite astounding when everybody's been furloughed or more self-employed people probably in the arts just haven't really uh, been earning anything at all. So it's a, it's a good way to start. So yeah, we've got, I think we've got to find ways over the next 12 months that's going to be the challenge is not just for the sake of it, but to find ways of creating work that has value for the city and has value for the community, but makes sure that these people are kind of creatively and professionally engaged. 
what can the audience perhaps expect to see? You've mentioned there's going to be some films and presumably these have been recorded already, I'm guessing. Um, um, no, we still, we still have one to go. I mean, we're doing, well, the, um, we've, we've essentially gone and created a whole range of films across areas that we would normally cover. So we have the Scottish Chamber Orchestra and Paul Lewis doing the Beethoven Piano Concerto on the stage of the Festival Theatre. We have Scottish Opera doing a little 25-minute opera in the foyer of the King's Theatre. Um, we have a new, a new commission with Scottish Ballet um, with, with their dancers. And then we've got people like um, the, great, the great fiddler Aidan O'Rourke with a range of traditional musics down at the Lee Theatre. So in each case, we've gone in and we've made a beautiful film. Um, the filmmaker Hope Dixon Leach has done this gorgeous project with the National Theatre of Scotland, which is a whole kind of homage to where Scottish theatre is at the moment. So all these different people have gone and made these, these beautiful little videos, sometimes quite small, sometimes quite grand. Um, and in each case, um, from, from Saturday the 8th, you'll be able to go in. Now, this will all culminate in our kind of opening night, which is a gala, which will incorporate all of those films, but also all work from the other festivals. So also comedians and writers and pipers, and just to give a sense of the festival city. And then that all culminates that evening in, in an idea we had, which started when we were thinking about how, how the lights have gone out, um, to ask some lighting designers to come back in and say, well, what if rather than the lights going out, the venues lit up? Um, and so we've asked them to go in, both in terms of lighting up the venues from, from within, in terms of from the foyers out into the street, but then also up into the night sky. So if you're walking around on the opening weekend and you're going by any of these venues, rather than them being dark, you probably find that they're kind of ablazing with light, which is just a a symbol we wanted to send out to the world that, you know, this kind of resilience is there. And, and we've called that project My Light Shines On. That's terrific. So, so on Saturday, I want to try and get this clear in my head, apart from mm. uh, putting it clear in the audience's heads. On Saturday evening, there's going to be, uh, some of your films are going to appear on perhaps BBC Scotland, but certainly the International Festival's YouTube channel and also your Facebook page. So that from half past nine on Saturday night, there's going to be this kind of grand opening event. But then does that carry on or, or is it only one night? Or? Yeah, well, what we're doing is we're putting the full library of them up in one go so that people can watch it as, so we're putting everything up on Saturday night. It's, it's tricky for us because we normally think of things in terms of we'll do this performance on a Monday and this performance on a Tuesday. But the minute you move into the digital realm, it's, it's more yeah. about just giving people. And we think a lot of people will come to the site on that Saturday night. And so we want them to realise kind of the breadth of what's available and hopefully keep coming back to it. But the lighting show, the light, uh, my light shines on, is going to be Saturday night. So anybody walking around can see the And, and, and Sunday as well. It's really around the places where people would normally gather. So, you know, the Festival Esplanade, Calton Hill, um, Bristow Square, Charlotte Square. So wherever, yeah, wherever there would have been people, there will be light. 
I've seen uh, I've I've seen the guys in uh, in Charlotte Square already, and yesterday it just looked like they had miles of spaghetti, black spaghetti, <laughs> to try and hook up to loads and loads and loads of lights. Yeah. But really, your message actually to the public is not really to gather and not it can't be to gather in uh, in crowds uh, to watch this as it would normally be. It's really to look out for the lights, perhaps even from home or go somewhere high. Yeah, I think you know it's it's more if you're if you're in and around and obviously there's just multiple locations and even within those locations there isn't even a gathering point per se you know so if you take Calvin Hill and the castle and Charlotte Square it's not it's not gathering in a place to look at something it's really just that that they will be they'll be lit it'd be a nice maybe time to just have a wander around um but yeah obviously what we're not doing is creating a particular Sonny Lumiere in a place and have a natural gathering point for people. There isn't, there isn't a natural gathering point. Yeah. Um, but um, I mean, we also want this to be an opportunity for us to kind of send out some photographs and some films out into the world because there's a lot at the moment of, you know, kind of newscasters standing on an empty Royal Mile looking forlorn. So yeah. we, want, we want to counter that and just remind people that all of these artists and all of these creative people and all of this kind of festival world is still here and yeah. that we'll be ready to go again when we're allowed to. Just a minute that they, they fire the starting gun. So, um, you know, just to give uh, some kind of uh, idea, um, you've got, and you are kind of amalgamating a little bit with all the other uh, festivals. You've, you've obviously all got together on a Zoom call or something and uh, discussed what you're all going to do. But you've got, um, you've got people like the RSNO, you've got uh, people like the National Theatre of Scotland, which you've mentioned. You've got uh, the Scottish Ballet with uh, a new work from Nicholas Shoesmith and um, all these wonderful uh, beacons of light. And, uh, you know, is there, is there something in there that you might not have been able to have anyway, uh, that you might um, not? Yeah. I mean, the big, the big thing, obviously, because we were trying to create, you know, live, uh, you know, real-time experience now, um, we can't bring our international partners to bear on this. And we're obviously an international festival. Um, but that's nice. That's nice. That's really kind of bonded our connection, I think, with a lot of Scottish artists. Um, but, yeah, there's, you know, obviously it's, it's, it's a time of year where, you know, normally out you go and you kind of come across something from Korea that you never would have gone to in your wildest dreams and you discover, you know, all sorts of things. So uh, that that at the moment, you know, obviously isn't possible. Um, but as I said, there is something very nice about just turning the focus toward Scotland and Scottish artists. Um, and that has also been the case with the series we're doing of, of chamber music in the hub, which we're recording all these concerts with great Scottish artists like Stephen Osborne and um, Scottish Chamber Orchestra, but also the Hebrides Ensemble and a whole range of others. And we record those and they'll be online, those recordings. Um, but then we're going to create a soundscape around the Princess Street Gardens and the people when they're down there having lunch will be able to, to hear this music. Um, so we hope, the intention with that is just people uh, will be able to, on their lunch break, just get a a sense of, of the festival spirit. So just to, to try, we, we, we're not in a position yet where we can do a concert in, that's in the gardens in the way that we normally would, but we'd love the idea of people just being able to hear these artists just as they're, as they're taking a stroll or, or having a bite to eat. 
That sounds great. Of course, we've got a load of bandstands all over the city. I met you the other week at Softon, where they have the most beautiful, uh, so lovely, restored bandstand, and those kind of outdoor places. Maybe they'll be a focus in time to come. Yeah, well, we're not we're not there now, and in fact, you know, obviously, we've been thinking a lot over the last while as to what was going to be possible, um, and trying to guess what was possible, and. You know, yeah, of course, we, we, of course, we looked at those bandstands and Stockton's beautiful. Um, and in fact, there's a lot in that park that's very beautiful in terms of performance. But we're not in Scotland, obviously, we're being, you know, particularly careful and we're not in a position for a live performance yet in Scotland. Yeah, well, but that's uh, no bad thing as long as we uh, get to the place we want to be, which is uh, that very few more people uh, die of uh, coronavirus. Yeah. So, um, that's all going to be quite terrific then, because it means that we will have a festival, but uh, I do have to ask you, I suppose, uh, no plans for any fireworks anywhere? No, we couldn't. I think that um, the fireworks would have required um, a performance license, an event license. <laughs> and um, at this point in time, we're, we're just not there. Um, so, so it was um, it was pretty clear that it was going to be taken out of our hands in terms of it. Um, and you know, as you say, I think the vast majority of us who live here are kind of grateful for the cautious approach, and we obviously want to want to completely observe that and um, and go along with where, whatever the, the the government thinks is the right course of action at the minute. Um, you know, you as a everybody everyone else and in, uh, in the whole world really has uh, has had to uh, have this lockdown um has there been a good thing coming out of lockdown that uh, you yourself have noticed i mean there's i i do think i think i think there's good things coming out of it but it wasn't it's not easy you know um i think that um honestly in any given year you're always hurtling toward the next festival and um and you very rarely have time to stop and think and talk about, you know, what you're doing and why you're doing it. Um, and that's not always easy. <laughs> um, and it's always easier in a way to just say, look, we're busy, let's get on and just get the festival out the door. Mm. Um, so, you know, f for me, I guess before this happened, we all realized that just what we were doing was environmentally unsustainable. Um, you know, the idea of thousands of people flying in and then flying out and then, you know, kind of what, so, so we really needed to address that and address it fairly rapidly. Um, but when you've got the next festival coming at you like a train at any moment, it's very difficult to do that. So for me, that's the, that's the area. There are lots of areas I think we've been thinking about. But what I hope is that when we come back, there's going to be some really great thinking about that area. And I don't think it needs to mean we can't have international artists, but um, I think we need to reconstitute that. And, and then the artists who are touring need to reconstitute it. The whole industry needs to do it. And given that we've sort of been forced to slow down a little bit, and mm. we'll probably even coming at the end of this, still be slow for some time, there's the opportunity to fix it. Or not, if not fix it, certainly improve it in a, in a measurable way. Yes, that's certainly true. And so um, the, the Final question I wanted to ask you was, um, you know, clearly um, here you are, the director of uh, the 
biggest festival in the world, perhaps, um, you must have spoken to people across the world and perhaps got some ideas from them. So is there, you know, is there a similarity in what we're doing here or what you're planning for us here um, with any other festivals across the world? And is there room then for perhaps some sort of collaboration um, at a distance? Yeah, I mean, it's it depends on. I mean, it's all it's all about how prevalent it is in the community. Obviously, in Asia, um, the track and trace had developed to such a sophisticated uh, level that they they were able to go back to performances fairly quickly. Um, Salzburg Festival opened last night with an opera in an opera house, um, which which we'll see is either you know an act of great courage and resilience or is a bad idea. We, we, we remain to be seen. Um, so, so a lot of, yeah, it, it, it very much depends on how bad you've had it in your country. Um, and you know, things like how, how good your health system is and how ready your health system was for it. There's a lot of work going on at the moment in terms of how do we create a kind of a very traceable system for an audience. Um, and obviously, if we can get to a point where there's there's almost no um, n- no cases in a community, the most important thing is that if there is a case, that we can trace it. Mm-hmm. So um, there's quite a lot of a lot of work in that in terms of how the technology is going to be used to be able to sort of um, show up if there's been an incidence anywhere in relation to a performance. But it's going to be complicated, and the protocols are going to be quite complex. I mean. For us, obviously, we don't have a festival until the 6th of August, 2021. So it remains to be seen whether or not we're completely out of the woods by then. But if we're not, all of these kind of new systems and protocols. But I think hopefully by then we'll also be used to a lot of these protocols. Because if we want to go to a football match or do anything, go out for dinner, we're Mm -hmm. we're going to have to have technology to work with on that. Absolutely, that's true, and uh, it's uh, trying very hard not to use any of those stock phrases, you know. But it will be different, that's sure, in the in the future. But thank you very much indeed, Fergus, for speaking with us this morning, and thank you also for bringing us uh, even a, a smidgen of what the uh, international festival uh, uh, would be like here in Edinburgh. And that uh, it's really all kicking off on the eighth of August at nine thirty p.m. That's right. That's right. Thanks a lot, Phyllis. Thank you so much for listening to the Edinburgh Report. Listen out for more episodes coming soon and make sure you don't miss any by hitting the subscribe button now. This is one of the platforms where we can help advertise your business to our listeners. Would you like to know more about that? Then email editor at theedinburghreporter.co.uk. And remember, you can subscribe to have our monthly newspaper delivered to you direct. Sign up today on our website, www.theedinburghreporter.co.uk.